Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. And joining us now is the co-owner of the Fantasy Footballers and co-host of the number one fantasy football podcast. He's Jason Moore. The Fantasy Footballers podcast has won numerous awards, including Best Fantasy Podcast and Best Sports Podcast the last two seasons. Jason has finished as a top 10 most accurate fantasy analyst. Be sure to check out thefantasyfootballers.com. Jason, thanks so much for joining us on Unpacking It. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm happy to be here. I'm I'm doing great. I'm living the life. It's the fantasy season, so I have to be doing great. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, th- this time of year specifically, it's it's training camp time, and we're finally getting a look at, at some different players and, and hearing the stories that are coming out from camp. So, so what are you monitoring as a fantasy analyst, and and how much of your off season projections and rankings normally change during the next couple of weeks? So, I mean, what we're monitoring is absolutely everything. I mean, any any possible um, camp report, literally, you know, today was saying that uh, Kenyon Drake was not getting the first team reps, not getting the first goal line work. He was two hours after Kalen Balazs got in. I'm a Kenyon Drake believer, so we just monitor everything. But the real question is, how does that affect us? How does it change our projections? And I think we've learned over time, to sift through which news items, which writers specifically or teams specifically you can trust and which ones not to trust. And so I think over time we've realized that the less we change, because we put a lot of work into our off-season analysis, research, we stat out every single player, every single team. When we end up changing too much as the the off-season goes along, we end up falling victim to the news cycle as opposed to standing with what we believed through all the research we did. But you have to stay water. You have to make changes when changes are appropriate. Jason Moore, our guest right now on Unpacking It, the fantasy footballers, uh, the, the number one fantasy football podcast. And and so uh, when you're drafting a team, uh, what what principles or strategies do you personally stick to? And maybe that are even unique to to your style of of drafting well i don't know how unique it is but i certainly have a style of drafting um i'm a very late round quarterback believer drafting i almost never draft quarterback before the double digit rounds and if i do it's probably round nine Hmm. um i draft running backs early and often won't draft more than one quarterback or one tight end assuming that it's a single quarterback or tight end uh, league and then in the early rounds, I am focusing on avoiding risk rather than the upside because everybody in the first two rounds is great. Yeah. So I want to avoid the possible injuries, the possible holdouts, the possible uh, situations like that. And uh, then later in the draft, that's where I swing for the fences. I'll take a risk on a guy who could be complete flop or be a home run. I have a very similar approach and style, and and I'm 
I'm running back heavy, and I was driving it today listening to, to people talk about the, the zero running back rule, and, and that's like the complete opposite of my perspective. So it's funny how you know, just people go in with different, different approaches, and that's what makes it fun. Yeah, you know, the zero RB thing got really popular in 2014 when that rookie draft class with Odell Beckham and, and Mike Evans and then a, a, a reliable Kelvin Benjamin and all those guys broke out. It, it, it went really well. I will say this. The zero RB theory, um, I think this is actually a good year for it. It's not my taste, but you can win by drafting. You know, if you spend your first four picks on a stud wide receivers and then, and then later in the draft you just take a million shots on running backs, uh, you, you can win that way as well. I, I don't have as much fun playing that style. Though. That's right. I'm right there with you. Jason Moore from the Fantasy Footballers with us right now on Unpacking It. And and so uh, along those lines too, as far as drafting goes, like how much do you factor in? Uh, and and you're an analyst, so you're in the numbers. So so the number side of things, but then your own gut feeling. And then what about how have you continued to include whether or not you like the player or like the team, just as a football fan and and as someone who who watches football? How much does that factor in for you personally? Yeah, working that backwards, I would say whether I like the team or the player, I, I have learned over time to let that fade away. I don't really, you know, I don't avoid Niners because I'm a Cardinals fan and I don't want to root for someone in the other division. When I'm playing in my fantasy leagues, I want to win. Um, so, you know, that that part, I think, has been easier as far as the, the hometown guys versus the division guys versus guys you just don't like or don't want to root for, as far as how much gut feeling comes into it i would say you know that's more of the eyeballs versus the brain is mm. less gut than eyeballs you know some people out there are analytics only some people out there are film only um i think you can get by with either i just don't understand why you would mm. why not take both why not watch what's happening gain context from the actual film uh the talent the ability and then certainly um, I'm probably 60, 40 more on the uh, analytics side where, you know, look, numbers uh, numbers can tell any story, but if you're good with numbers, you can figure out what the truth is most of the time. So I would say the gut side of me is just when I watch a player who I just go, that, that player is special mm. and he hasn't had the opportunity yet, and I believe the opportunity is coming, that's when the gut or the eyeballs, I'll, I'll, I'll rely on that. I trust myself in that. I'm right there with you. That No, that's good stuff. Jason Moore from the Fantasy Footballers with us right now on Unpacking It, their website, thefantasyfootballers.com. And, and I'm, I'm so fascinated by what you guys have been able to do and, and becoming the, the number one fantasy football podcast and, and developing such a, a great following and, and really good content. And so what, what is the, the, the story behind the, the Fantasy Footballers and, and specifically your story as well? Because in, in, in kind of researching you, you got a degree in Christian studies. You were a president of a computer game company at one point. You studied acting and directing at Arizona. So, so how did you become a fantasy football analyst? Yeah, yeah, you've done your research here. So, um, you know, we had this, uh, the league that, the, that myself and my two co-hosts, Andy and Mike, are in that we refer to as the League of Record. That is our main league. Started that over a decade ago. And what ended up happening was a long time ago, they made a podcast, they being the other two hosts, made a podcast just for the 12 of us. Oh, It was just for our league, and it was to talk, talk trash, make us laugh. It was a blast to listen to that podcast. 
And as time went on, because fantasy football was such a hobby, and we all worked together at that company that I ran, uh, Broken Bolt Game Studios. You know, we developed Facebook games, iOS games, and uh, that that company did pretty well. We were, you know, up to 30 employees, and we we gained a lot of business since there. But our true passion, our hobby, was fantasy football. And there became this time where it was like, okay, when we listened to podcasts, we felt like we could find entertaining podcasts where if you listen to their advice, you're going to lose your league. Or you could <laughs> listen to good podcasts where they know what they're talking about. They're going to help you be better than your other league mates, but you've got to drink a Red Bull to stay awake while you listen to it. <laughs> like, why isn't, you know, we know more than some of these people out there. So we. We shifted our focus. Um, I actually left the company a couple years before its demise to get that Christian studies degree, and I was going down the, the path of pastoring. Oh, wow. And then as I, yeah, as I graduated with that degree, the company that I had formerly ran that Mike and Andy were still at, that ended up folding um, right when I graduated a couple years down the line. And so at that point, it was like, okay, now, I because I was still gaining income from my former company. Now I didn't have income. I didn't have a job. Uh, it was like, okay, what, what's going on now? So myself and Andy, one of the hosts, we got our real estate license at the same time that we were kicking off this little podcast and we took it as a business. We learned all the, all the traits that, uh, helped us succeed at broken bulb. And, um, you know, we, we ended up never needing our real estate license because the podcast grew uh, we helped people win leagues. We gained a following that once you started listening, you didn't stop. So we're, you know, we, we're five full seasons into this now, helping a lot of people win. And, and more than that, we're having fun doing it. That's right. Man, what a great story. I love it. And, and I, I'm a listener and, and love listening uh, as I'm working in my yard. Uh, so it is entertaining and I'm, I'm improving as a fantasy owner. So So I love it. He's Jason Moore. TheFantasyFootballers.com. If, if you aren't subscribed to the podcast, definitely check it out, and, and you'll, uh, you'll be better as a fantasy owner. So, uh, All right, so you mentioned then you were on the path to be a pastor, and so I'd love to kind of hear the story behind that and, and, and even kind of unpacking a little bit further your own faith journey and, and your story of grace. Sure. You know, um, I grew up really, you know, I, was, I lived in America. I believe in... A, a higher power. So I grew up saying I was Christian, but, uh, I, you know, I, I, I found out in my young adult life that I was not, when, when I was running that business, um, with a business partner, uh, there were, there were, you know, two heads of the, of that snake. Um, it was while working there, um, that I was saved, um, you know, kind of thought I was the greatest man in the world, uh, smartest, the kindest, the best father, the best husband, and I was none of those things. And you know that was kind of really revealed to me the the, the truth of my character and and what I was, and and the truth of God and and Jesus and uh, those things. And so it was like it was very hard to run that business at that time. My my co uh, owner of that business was <laughs> was an ardent, uh, you might say, militant atheist. Oh, um, so it was, it was difficult to have that two-headed snake. That's where I left the business and handed it over to him and went and got a Christian studies degree to uh, change my career path towards pastoring. And uh, now we run this business here. Myself, Andy, Mike, we're all firm believers. 
Uh, Andy played a critical role. We, we all worked together in a former company. Mike leads worship at his father's, uh, his father's pastor at his church. Um, Andy played a critical role in uh, my coming to true saving faith. And so now we get to run a business um, that is, uh, is different. Um, you know, we, we are very successful. The business side is going great, but that's never going to be our focus. Mm. Uh, we're family first. We want to make sure that, um, you know, that we can always do more to scrounge and claw and, and, and make more money. And we choose to be intentional with how we run a business, what our ethics are and, and, and those type of things. And it's, it's just been a delight. It's just been so great to work in that kind of an environment. Man, I love, I love hearing it. It's awesome. Jason Moore, our guest right now on Unpacking It. He's a fantasy football analyst, and he's one of the co-hosts on the, the number one fantasy football podcast, the fantasy footballers, the fantasy footballers.com. And, and I'm, I'm a huge fantasy football player and, and, and love everything about it and enjoy the, the, the community aspect of it. And, and that's why I wrote the book, the, the fantasy football fellowship playbook. And, and so from, from your perspective as someone who's so into fantasy, what are some of the, the reasons that you love it, what you're drawn to and, and just with your faith, background and passion for the Lord and, and, and the other guys as, as well. What, what do you see as some of the, the values of fantasy football and, and, and how, you know, there, there can be uh, an opportunities for us to, to grow in our faith, even as we play fantasy football. Oh, certainly. I mean, the, the, one of the things that surprises people in the industry the most when they learn how into fantasy we were, you know, we, we took it so serious and then it was our business full time for, you know, five plus years now. Um, was the fact that our main leagues that we played in, none of them were for money. Oh. This was all just, this is all just uh, a false sense of security and, <laughs> and and giving it to the other the other owners because what we love the most about fantasy football, um, next to of course me winning, is <laughs> the community, is the the friends, the fellowship that you get. I would not stay in touch with my friends from college. There's just no chance I'm not a good enough friend apparently you know i just know i wouldn't know those guys if it wasn't for uh, this long-running league where we continue to talk we we continue to have those bonds and and when it you know i was uh doing another show recently where you know it was asked about the family nature and i think that things have shifted right football used to be something that's oh dad's watching football now he's going down to the basement and you know this is my time and and now it's really shifted to where football's a family event uh, it's, it's, it's bring the kids, bring the wife, the wife, bring the husband. Fantasy has allowed it to, um, really have camaraderie, have communication. There are so many fathers and sons that come to our live shows and say, what a blessing fantasy football has been on their relationship because now they, they don't just have family obligations connecting them and, and all of that, but they have a hobby and they have passion and they have fun with our show and, you know, inside jokes and all of those things. And, you know, your book, The Fantasy Football Fellowship, is a, is a perfect example of, you know, when you're in a community uh, with fellow believers, being able to use that communication, that, that love for one another, the, 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 the passion for just chatting and having fun, to also have accountability, you know, in your walk and, and uh, have communication that uh, bears fruit as well as, as fun. That's right. Fantasy football is just the, the connector and, and an excuse to uh, to stay in touch and, and to have a, 
you know, something that you're competing against with other buddies, there, there's nothing more fun than that. And so I got cut from my middle school uh, football team, so I had to, to become a fan and a fantasy player. So <laughs> that's how, it, that, that's how oh, that's, it goes. That's nothing. That's <laughs> nothing. This is a true story. Oh, yeah. Grade school. Grade school, 7th and 8th grade football. There were tryouts. I went. Now, I know in freshman year of my high school, everyone makes the team. You do, there's no tryouts. You just make the team, and then you could quit or, or not play. But in 7th and 8th grade, tryouts for football, me and a kid named BJ, that was the only two kids that did not make the team. They actually posted. They posted. And this is for 7th graders. Uh, the team roster, everybody tried out, and all but two people made the team, which is crazy because I was still athletic and great at basketball. Oh, man, I feel your pain. I was right there with you. I was probably a, a one of a handful, so it was, it was tough. But thankfully now we have fantasy football, and, and I know you've won leagues, I've won leagues, and, hey, we, we get the last laugh on that one. So uh, Jason Moore, our guest right now on Unpacking It, he's one of the co-hosts on the Fantasy Footballers, thefantasyfootballers.com. And, and so we, we kind of talked about just how great fantasy football is. What is your kind of take on the current state of the fantasy football industry and, and being one of the leaders in that industry and, and just kind of the growth that you've seen over the years to, to where we're at now? I think the fantasy football industry is fantastic. I think it's at a place right now where among the analysts, among the people that work in the fields, there's a real co-opetition. Um, everybody is friends with one another. They they support one another, even though as businesses they're competing with one another. As a consumer of fantasy, as a player of fantasy, the growth, the acceptance of mainstream, the uh, buying in of the NFL themselves mm. into what fantasy has done for them, for the players, the buy-in generation of younger players coming into the NFL who they themselves grew up playing fantasy. I think it's I think it's getting to this really fun mainstream widely accepted and uh, you know i hope that doesn't go away um especially you know you're talking uh, projecting how things are going obviously with some of the laws uh changing on sports betting you know i, I do know that within fantasy there will become more and more uh push to that as sports betting becomes more legalized so hopefully the the redraft the the home leagues uh can be seen as different from those just playing for money not that there's you know, I mean, there, you can have a lot of fun doing that, but you know, we are our show is is redraft focused, home league focused, keeper dynasty. You know, the the main leagues the way they've been the last decade. Yeah, and I, and that's why I love you guys, and that's that's why that's my approach as well. It is about the home leagues. It's the leagues with your your high school or college buddies and your family members. Those are the ones that, to me, they create the biggest bonds, and it, it ends up being the most fun. So, uh, yeah, I, I hope that, that, that the redraft leagues don't lose uh, some of their luster as, as some of these uh, you know, additional-type leagues and formats continue to grow. And I was going to ask you that, too, because what, what is maybe the most unique wrinkle or interesting format in a fantasy league that you've heard of recently? Because so, it always seems like every year well, somebody's coming I, I up am, with something. Yeah, I am going on another podcast here in a couple hours. Um, as a guest that has started a uh, Harry Potter fantasy league, and they have incorporated so many things, it is absurd. They have a, a sorting hat uh, for getting the pick order, and they have through the years you can win all sorts of you know the contests that are Harry Potter related that have an impact on 
the rules of the league and it's really fascinating and there's a lot of those you know the people that just put their own little twist on whatever other pop culture or fun things they've got going on in their life or with their community and they add it to fantasy football there's every every league has their own commissioner makes their own rules you fantasy football is whatever you want it to be yep that's what makes it great jason moore our guest right now on unpacking it from the fantasy footballers podcast the fantasy footballers Dot com. All right, so since we've got you on, we've we got to at least ask you a few uh, fantasy questions to uh, kind of just help us this year oh, yeah. as, as we start getting ready for, for drafts and everything. So, so who are some players you seem higher on compared to other analysts? Um, the three that come to mind are uh, I am very widely known as the largest Kenyan, uh, I'm sorry, Carrion Johnson believer out there. I think Carrion Johnson... I I see it as an impossibility barring injury that he's not a top 15 back. Oh yeah. Through week 3 through 10 after he took over, he already was the running back 14 during that time. That was with LeGarrette Blunt, a hurt Matthew Stafford, a hurt Marvin Jones. The offense is going to be a little bit better. They added Daryl Bevel as their offensive coordinator who is a run 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 and then run more type of option. There's rumors of <laughs> theoretical make the team and I just you know we talk about the eyeballs the gut carry on Johnson I think is one of the top 10 actual running backs uh in the league so I'm a big believer in him and I would throw out uh, Dante Pettis wide receiver from the San Francisco 49ers he's a guy that once again showed out on tape to me last year as wow this guy is really really good and then the opportunity now Pierre Garçon is gone Marquise Goodwin has seemed like he's the really gone to be the number two. He's not the number one there. And then Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy. So coming into year two in a Kyle Shanahan-led system, Dante Pettis has every opportunity to really emerge as a great wide receiver from weeks 11 through 14 last year. A small sample, but that was really when he was given the opportunity. He was a wide receiver one, and that was in his rookie year, never finishing outside in any one of those weeks uh, lower than a wide receiver two, which that just shows consistency. All the vibe and the buzz has been great on Dante Pettis. And then I, I just have to always every year shout out for Robert Woods. He's a great <laughs> wide receiver. He's on a great offense, but nobody wants him where he should. He finishes a top 10 wide receiver last year. Now he's being drafted as like a the wide receiver 20. It's a mistake. He's great. Wow. No, I'm, I'm right there with you on on Johnson. He's one of my three keepers in my main league. So, uh, really, really oh, high on lucky. him. Yeah, I know. As a fourth I rounder, have nowhere in my all my keepers in dynasty leagues, I'm playing with people who know my love, and so whenever he's close to me in a draft and an appropriate spot, whoever's ahead of me will always take him. Ah, yeah, I hate that, but that that is that's what happens for sure. Well, uh, on the opposite side of things, who are some players that that you are avoiding drafting this year? Well, uh, as I said earlier, I'm going to avoid all the top quarterbacks. I'm going to avoid. Uh, Pat Mahomes, even though he's amazing, I'm going to avoid uh, another guy I think is going to be great, Baker Mayfield, uh, Aaron Rodgers, and Andrew Luck, because they cost you know top five round picks. Where I'm going to load up on running backs and wide receivers, but the other uh, the other options I, I stay clear of. Um, I'm not big into non pass catching running backs, so running backs that uh, you know like a Darius Geis or Derrick Henry, guys that are, look, they're great backs. They're, they've shown that they can be elite, and it's not to say they cannot be great fantasy options, but it is to say 
it, it's an uphill battle for them. Not only is it very rare for a top back to not be very involved in pass catching, but you get game scripted out. If your team is down by a lot, you're not on the field because you're not the pass catching back, and they go another way. It hurts your consistency. And then I'm, you know, avoiding avoiding risk right now. Melvin Gordon looks like there could be a contract holdout. Todd Gurley has his knee issue. Uh, other big name running backs like Kareem Hunt, who's missing the first eight weeks. The bye week is in there. Then he comes back. It's going to be week ten. You're 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 either in the playoffs or out by the time you get him. And he clogs up a roster spot the whole year. Definitely avoiding all all of those types. Wow, it's good stuff, man. Jason Moore, our guest right now on Unpacking It, and and really just appreciate you uh, coming on today. And and I guess kind of the the final thought, we'll uh, we'll we'll shift away from fantasy and back to to faith. What is something that that God has been maybe teaching you recently, or something you've been studying, or or something that you've maybe been been thinking about uh, most recently? You know, I I think it's uh, accountability. Uh, so you know, your 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 fantasy football fellowship uh, is a great example of having. Um, you know, there's there's times in in my walk where um, you have that group, you have that small group that is always communicating uh, not just about fun things like fantasy, but you're 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 talking and sharing in 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 small group settings of uh, what's going well, what's not going well, and having others that can help hold you accountable um, to what we profess and, and, and that you can be there to provide that as well. It's so important. And I think when you get away from that, you know, there's a, there's a current in the world where what happens is you, you, you think you're in a canoe on still water. And if you're not rowing towards the finish line, you think you stay at the same spot, but you're not, you're going Mm. along that current backwards. So having, you know, accountability and friendship and fellowship within your walk with the Lord is is necessary and, and biblical. Amen. Amen. Well, let, let's leave it right there and, and really appreciate you coming on the show and enjoy the fantasy season and, and keep up the great work at thefantasyfootballers.com. Thanks so much, Jason. Thanks for having me on. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackinit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackinit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.